everyone. It's that time of the week and the month again. No, it's not time to pay the tax bill. It's hopefully to help you pay the tax bill as we bring you at considerable lack of expense for the wisest sages I know. I don't know many wise sages. So let me introduce you, our panel, who are looking ahead to the wonderful five days in that glorious part of County Kildare where the late racing priest, Father Sean Breen, who was the parish priest of the local parish of Eatstown, once said, my parish stretches from the back straight at Nace to the seven furlong pole at Punchestown in the east, which proves there is a God. Well, with that help behind us, let's try and find you a few winners. And they are, in no particular order, Barry Doyle, the founder of Champ.ie, so you know where to refer your complaints. DJ Davy Boland, Andrew Blair White, and the Irish Fields' finest, in the absence of Leo Powell, uh, Ronan Groom. So these four gentlemen are the men on whom you trust your life in the next few minutes. We're going to go through the big races, and we're going to start with some wonderful sport on Tuesday, day one. The Ecom Merchant Solutions Champion Novice Hurdle, now just a field of five. Of course, appreciate it, not declared, but Willie Mullins has got the two likelies here. Echoes in Rain and Blue Lord. Interesting jockey bookings. Patrick on Echoes in Rain. Paul Tannen returning on Blue Lord. Um, do we see this as a match? Ronan Groom, have first go on this. Uh, I would I would think so, Mike. Um the jockey bookings are very interesting, as you said. Uh, Paul Tennant's got three rides uh, on Tuesday, but he's not riding in the big handicaps, which is interesting. So I don't know. Is that a thing where they're picking and choosing with him? Um, Echoes and Rain, I was pretty sure, would be ahead of Blue Lord in the market, just on what she did the last day. She was excellent at Fairy House. She clocked a serious time figure that day. Um she was seven seconds faster than Elbara was in the first race on that card, uh, which was was no mean feat. And you even go back to her form at Nace, she beat Belfast Banter by eight lengths. Belfast Banter is now a county hurdle winner and a grade one winner at Aintree. Uh, I think she's a very, very good mayor. Patrick Mund is obviously going for the uh, champion amateurs title this week, so every winner counts for him. And uh, it's just interesting. Yeah, I've... I've I, I would have thought if, if the, the number one hope from the Mullins yard is Echoes and Rain, and in that case, Paul Townend might be on, but Patrick Mons is there and he's going for the championship. So I wouldn't read too much into it. I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't suggest that Paul, that Blue Lord should be ahead of Echoes and Rain because Paul Townend is riding. I don't think it's that simple. And uh, I'd have a hearty, hearty, uh, pretty solid bet on Echoes and Rain. If she's anywhere near even money, I think she's just a shade of odds on at the moment. I think she's, uh, she's an excellent player. I think she could be a very good mare. Yeah, the subplot here, of course, is Willie Mullins has only got two jockeys' titles to deliver to his stable jockey and to his son, namely to become champion and champion amateur. Uh, Barry, are you uh, same view? This is a match. Yeah, I think so. I think it is. Um, there's nothing else really here. I did like Utrecht as a as a bumper horse once upon a time, but um, yeah, it's a match, isn't it? Echoes and rain. She's an improving. She's improved an awful lot this season. As Ron said, she was she was mightily impressive at, at Fairy House. At top Blue Lord, though, um, he was probably on... He wasn't going to beat Appreciate, obviously, in the Supreme, but he was quite buzzy early on. And I think the, the step back to two miles, um, he was racing early in the season uh, over further. And I think the step back to two miles had suited him. Good jumper as well, even though he did fall the last day. So... 
Um, I, I'd be siding with him now. Um, I, I think probably he, he does bring the best form to the table. He was going to run a cracker behind uh, Appreciated, and he was very keen early. So it'll be interesting to see what to do with him next season. Um, but of the two, he has shortened up considerably, hasn't he, Blue Lord? Um, but I, I'd be siding with him, but it wouldn't really be a massive uh, bet now. Um, this is something of a free race, this, isn't it? Not many races in in this in, in Ireland at all or anywhere where Patrick Mullins rides one that gets weight from all his rivals. Um, Patrick's on starvation rations again. Um, and Davey, with justification in your view? Um, yeah, she's very good form, as as, um, as the lads mentioned, with uh, Belfast banter. But uh, I'd back Blue Lord here. I think um, he, he, he's raced against better types. Um, he hasn't been beaten that far by them either. Um, the seven pounds difference is obviously that's a huge, huge, huge advantage for Echoes and Rain and Patrick, and it is a very interesting jockey booking, all right. But um, the Blue Lord for me, um, just because he's raced against an awful lot better horses. And let's complete this wonderful lineup with, uh, well, the race on Wednesday's got ABP, and we've got ABW, Andrew. Yeah, I think this is will be fascinating tactically because uh, what the lads haven't said is the two of these are very, very keen. Um, and I see no pace in this race whatsoever. Um, Dew Cup may make it un- unless they go and, and do what they did in the Moscow Flyer with Echoes in Rain and let her bowl along. She didn't look straight forward then. And I think it's been underplayed how, how well Paul Townend has ridden her the last twice to get her to settle and switch off in behind horses. I'm very hard to know how this race is going to pan out from that perspective. I would just about be swaying with Blue Lord, just with what Davey was saying. You know, he doesn't have a, a Bob Ollinger or appreciated here to beat. Uh, I'm not sure Echoes in Rain is up to, to that level, although she has very good form in the book. I thought the very house race the last day slightly fell apart. Uh, that withstanding her, her nace run has stood the test of the time, but uh, probably 55-45 Blue Lord for me, Mike. All right, straight on then to the killer she, the uh, big group. Uh, grade B handicap hurdle and if you can find the winner of this lads buy yourselves a lotto ticket on the way home it's one of those the favourites include the likes of Magic Tricks, Jazz Away Gentleman Demi and uh, Arcadian Sunrise I've mentioned four but there are 24 in all uh, who wants that first go on this Davey Boland um, I like Jazz Away in this um, been a long time off the track but has very good form um, on its last run last July in Galway behind um, uh, Miss Milner. And sure we know what she's done since. Um, maybe a bit of an issue being off the track so long, which that doesn't seem to bother Willie with horses. Um, he can he can bring them back after long absences. Um, nice lightweight. Uh, Connor McNamara, very good rider and claiming off him as well. So um, I'll go jazz away. But like you said, it's it is a bit of a lottery. There's loads in there, but um, just to pick one, I'll go with him. Andrew. Yeah, well, I I was uh, convinced after Christmas time that Master McShee would be able to go in again in a handicap. Uh, he's been a little bit lifeless the last two runs in Grade One and Grade Two company. Um, but if he was to come back anywhere near that Christmas run where he where he absolutely thrashed C Ducker, who I think is a well handicapped horse, Arthur Moore, when he comes back out. Um, 
I think over 142. I still think there's possibilities about him. And if he can turn that round, you look at his form prior to Christmas, you know, uh, beating Atlantic Ferry, second to appreciate it. And then the, the handicap hurdle win. If he was to reproduce that, he'd be he'd be bang there of 142. And I think he's 12 to 1. So I'll play him at an each way price. Barry? Yeah, Jesse Evans, running in great at company. Actually, when we spoke to Noel Mead, Mike, you forgot to mention episode number 21. Um, and you've taken my you've taken my seat. Um, but Jesse Evans, when we spoke to Noel Mead, he actually quite liked them to start of the year. Had one of maiden, of course, in Gorn um, on good ground. Back on good ground, of course, has form as well. Well, not form, but he, he ran a, a respectable race at, at Nace uh, when he was fancy behind in Echoes and Rain um, back in February. So he's had a bit of a, had a, bit of a, a break since um, and comes back here on, on, on better ground. I just think uh, there's... Off his current mark of 123, he he's been he had been running in good company. Um, was beaten by appreciated, um, you know, at at, at Leopardstown before that run. So, um, I just think back, um, in handy well in handicap company, his handicap debut, um, of 127. I thought he was interesting. Ten to one, it probably is a it's good value. I think. JP's got five in this. Hope they're going to have enough JP jackets because in the COVID restrictions, you can't start swapping jackets around. And he's got umpteen in other races as well. Uh, Ronan, I'll give you the broomstick job here. Sweep up. Yeah, a couple for me, Mike. I'll go through them quickly. Uh, I tell Rula Bula was the pick out the Mullins. Uh, the Mullins runners here, I think she ran really well at Fairy House last day and the big handicap hurdle there behind Harster Trumps. Uh, she's just behind Magic Tricks, who's towards the top of the market. Danny Mullins rides. She's lightly raced. She's only had six starts. Open to more, uh, more improvement, so I thought she could go well. And the other one was uh, Exit Pole, who went back to last day at Fairy House as well, and he fell pretty early in the race, but he's got quite smart form. You know, he's been jumping fences the last twice, and he beat a horse called Star Max at uh, Leopardstown prior to that. Star Max went on and won again. Uh, and if you go back to his hurdles form last year, he beat uh, John Snow and Dermot McLaughlin's good mare, uh, Santa Rosa. Uh, over hurdles of Fairy House. I think good ground is what he needs, and I just find it interesting that they've come back over hurdles here, possibly to uh, maybe of the opinion that he's well handicapped off a mark of 132. So they're my two against the field. And so we move to the first of two incredibly high-class um, grade ones, the William Hill Champion Chase. Seven runners, two brave Brits going behind enemy lines, and both with, in my eyes, some sort of a squeak, Newby Negra in first flow. Um, but surely this is all about Chacon Poursois. But fascinating, Alaho drops back in trip for two miles. And Mr. Tannen might not be pleased if uh, Willie Mullins gives Rachel Blackmore a winner. Um, in you go with this one, Andrew Blair-White. Yeah, she's a great race, as you said, Mike. Um, I got my fingers burnt on Chacon at Cheltenham. Um, I thought he just ran below himself, whether that was the track, whether he just wasn't himself. I don't know what, what it was. I thought he didn't run within 10 pounds of his best. Um, I think if he's back to his best, he'll win this. I am a big fan of Alaho, but I can't have him at two miles whatsoever. I thought he had a terrifically hard race as well in the Ryanair, albeit being very impressive. So I'll be back in Chacan Porsois, and I'm hoping tomorrow I'm going to find a a bookie going match betting and I'll back Nube Negra to finish ahead of Alaho because I think Nube Negra is a bit of a sleeper in this market at five to one. Fascinating. Bre uh, bread in Spain. Not too many horses have come on from uh, being bred in Spain. Um, Barry, what do you make of this? He'll handle the good ground anyway, won't he? Uh, Nube Negra. Yeah, Andrew, so we were all big 
big check on poor Swa fans going into Cheltenham. Uh, that that race, they didn't go that hard early on. And I think, I actually spoke to Andrew about it recently. I was think that was my theory on it anyway. That could have been the track. I think, as as he said, he, he did run below his best, but I think they went steady early on. He was a, a touch keen as well. And um, look, I'd be expecting a better performance. Um, I'd definitely be in his camp again. Um, you know, we can't forgive him one run. I think Gallaho, he has to prove it back at two miles. He was exceptional at Cheltenham. Um, but yeah, I decided Shaq and Persuad. It's boring, but it's, I think he'll win. Uh, Ronan? Yeah, just a timely reminder that uh, when we were on the old Cheltenham uh, preview podcast, that it did uh, take on Shaq and Persuad. And there was three other men on this podcast who laughed at me. So anyway, my pride's not going to get in the way here again because I think Shaq Campoursois has got a great chance uh, of getting back on board. He's back in Punchestown. This was the uh, course and distance that he first kind of sprung to mind. And the whole thing I had with taking on Shaq Campoursois, Cheltenham was the trip. It was the the track, which catches some horses. I I think I I'm not sure. I I think the only thing you can conclude from Shaq Campoursois' run at Cheltenham is he he just didn't get up the hill. But I have a thing about him, the way that he travels in his races, that he, he kills horses off during the race, and that's the way the undulations didn't play to his strengths. Whether that is, you can't really back that up with any kind of evidence, but that's my gut feeling with him. That he's been able to win at Punchers Town, and it's more or less going downhill uh, for the finish, I think think can help him out. Um, I, I, I do think Nubi Negra, as Andrew said, is, is a bit of a sleeper, especially considering he finished in front of Shakan at at uh, Cheltenham and and he uh, he obviously won't have a, that much of a problem with the ground he's got he's a fresh horse he's only ran twice since it would slightly worry me that Shakan's having his fifth start of the season here for a horse that was so kind of lightly raced before this season um, what, is he over the top I completely agree with what's been said about Alaho I think big question coming down in trip and the way the Ryanair the way he won the Ryanair that was an absolute humdinger of a run uh, even though it was six weeks ago it wouldn't surprise me at all if he's if he's just a bit over the top now. Uh, and one just to mention at a big price, Mike, quickly, uh, Chillhouse Emery, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he ran big. Uh, um, obviously, he'd be an each way kind of type of horse if you had the eight runners, but he's uh, a former Punchestown Festival winner. He won the uh, grade one two mile novice hurdle here four years ago when he beat Mellon in that famous kind of Mellon and Lebec race where Lebec didn't start. Uh, I think he's talented on his day. Good ground suits him, and when things fall right for him, I think he's a very good horse. So one one at a big price, but wouldn't be surprised at all if Shakan gets back back to winning ways. And Davey, I'll keep it simple. Shakan Porsche wins. Alaho will set it up for him. Well, there's two Brits in the race. Um, first flow, forget his chant and run because he hated going right uh, left handed. He's going back right handed. Nubi Negra is the one we. Have a lot of interest in and here is what dan skelton's had to say about him looking forward to tuesday it's a brave man going to take on the irish in their own backyard given what happened at cheltenham yeah exactly but you know you we've got a very good horse and um if you don't try you don't know and he's in great form he's only having his third run of the season he travels very well he jumps nicely right handed's not an issue i've got i haven't got any negatives to be honest with you it's going to be hard of course it is but they're grade ones they're supposed to be is it true to say that you were a little bit unlucky at Cheltenham because he did stumble, cost you probably half a length, and that's all he got beat in the end? Yeah, I think as much as anything, if they'd have gone faster, it'd have helped us more. But then, you know, how unlucky was so royal in the race? You know, 
racing sports full of unlucky stories and lucky stories and you know it just didn't quite ebb in our direction that day doesn't mean it's not going to be Tuesday um, you know you've got big galloping track like Punchestown we've got plenty of plenty of room to to sort of maneuver and, and get into the best challenging position and you know made the best horse win and if Alaho does turn up there's going to be no hanging about that's for sure Oh, of course they won't do, but you know, Shaq and Poissois is not going to hang about either. It's just, it's a very, very good race. In these top races, they all go forward. So, um, you know, uh, we're lucky. You know, we're looking forward to being there. At the end of the day, it's a Grade One. You want to be competing in them. So, uh, yeah, fingers crossed. He's done nothing but improve, hasn't he? I, I keep reminding myself he's actually Spanish bred, which is unusual. Yeah, exactly. We are actually we own the stallion now. We've got the stallion at home in our new stud, and he's he's doing phenomenally well. Um, but yeah, he, he he did his racing in Spain. It's ever since we got him, he's done nothing but improve physically because you know the the guys before in Spain didn't over race him and looked after him. And he's he's sixteen three, big strong horse now and made to jump a fence. And I assume one of the big pluses is that he is, as you mentioned, uh, this is only his third run of the season, and that is obviously a huge plus, isn't it? Yeah, huge. I don't think you want to be going here at the end of a long season trying to take on Alaho and you know. A Shaq and Poursois in the backyard, as you say. So, yeah, we're in a good position for that. As if that wasn't enough of a treat for day one, we then, of course, have the first of the bumpers. And then at 6.30, what a race. Dooley Insurance Group champion novice chase, Envoy Allen against Monkfish Kulrivi and Franco Deport. Monkfish, a narrow favourite, certainly according to the market I've just seen now, but who knows? Only four runners. There's no 100 to one shot like you and me, uh, me and my mother-in-law with our legs tied together in there. They are all grade one performers, which makes this a real one to save a runner, doesn't it? Yeah, abs- abs- absolutely, Mike. Um, it's an excellent race. And I just find myself wanting to take on M by Ellen, though I have to say, um, I was just literally going on to the Betfair market to see what sort of price he's trading at now. But if, I think if you could lay him and whatever the inverse of his price is now, I'm seeing five to four in front of me at the moment. I think that would be the way in. I just think the gap between him and Monkfish should be much bigger than it is. It's, it's 11 to 10, five to four. That's sort of prices now. Uh, Monkfish is, is, is obviously proven over three miles. He's four from four this season. Uh, now he's beaten the best over three miles. Um, and I thought he was fine at, at Cheltenham. I think that was a bit of uh, he was fours on there. There was nervousness around the place, and it was like a not not even a penalty kick. It was closer than that. He just really had to jump around, and I just thought that was the case. Just get him around, and 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 he'll win. And he did. He won easy. He won by six and a half lengths from two good horses. So uh, I think he's fine. The thing with Envoy Allen is the question is what he's what's he's actually beat this season. We mentioned that on the on the preview. Uh, before Cheltenham and he's fell last time he's coming up off a fall which isn't ideal and he's coming up to three miles and everyone talks about him as a gold cup horse but he's, he's got to go and do it over three miles the bet and at, at the current prices now I think is Colerivi and um, she's she's a completely underrated mare uh, I thought she was brilliant at Cheltenham to, to beat Ellie May uh, who's a, a real quality mare as well. She's really tough. She's three from three at Punchestown. She's won the champion bumper at Punchestown. She won her her, uh, her beginner's chase here. Uh, I think she's an excellent mare. And uh, she gets seven pounds off them, interestingly, and she's rated 158. Well, if you took that literally, she'd be seven pounds onto the 158. She's she's two pounds clear of Monkfish and one pound clear of M.Y. Allen. So that definitely doesn't deserve to be the difference in price there is and you know she's around eight or nine to one she wasn't even put into this market when the 
the big monkfish and NYL and clash kit kind of started getting talked about. And I think that's what people have concentrated on there. They're really excited about this clash, but she's a bit of a forgotten mare. Uh, I know the breeders quite well, and, and this is going to be her last run. I don't know them quite well. I've done done a few pieces with Niall Flynn down in Waterford and gentlemen to deal with. And this is going to be her last run. She, she doesn't run again next year. She, they, they want to take her back for breeding. So, yeah, I, I can see her running a big race here, Michael. That would be my way into the race around 7 or 8 to 1. Davey. Yeah, it's um, it's it's what we've all wanted all season, I suppose. So, um, I I think the tactics will be very interesting in terms of um, what way the races run in terms of pace. I'd imagine Paul will make the running on Monkfish. Uh, Brian, I, I I doubt Brian will go forward on on Franco de Port. Um, Kulreev will probably just follow him and try and pick up any pieces that there is. Ground to be concerned with her, I'd say. She, 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 she's huge. She is, um, it's not often you say these words, but she's a fine big mare. Um, but uh, I think it's just, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Monkfish. Just because um, M.Y. Allen off the back of a fall the last day would be my slight worry. He's not the easiest horse in the world. Um, I'd say now they've had time for him to settle in in Henry's. I'd say everything's okay now, but He's, he, he's not that straightforward. And um, as we've seen in Cheltenham, um, it's just a case he was very fresh. That's what happened with the fall. He was far too fresh. When have you ever seen him uh, acting like that down at the start? He's never been like that. Um, so I'd say they have a handle on him now, all right. But it's tight and and, and uh, I'm very excited. I'm looking forward to it. But um, I go with Monkfish. I just thought his performance, leave Cheltenham out. He did what he had to do in Cheltenham. I just thought his performance in the Dublin Racing Festival over 2-5 was devastating. Um, I thought it was one of the performances of the season. Uh, he was obviously very good at Christmas as well when he beat latest exhibition over 3 Mile, but I just thought that 2-5 win in Leopardstown was absolutely devastating. And I think um, if that Monkfish turns up tomorrow, um, I'd say it'd be just good enough to beat M.Y. Allen. A lot of people, Dave, actually were very quick to... to to come in at Monkfish after the performance uh, at, at Cheltenham, saying that, you know, it was, was average. He was lucky to get the job done. Uh, I think Henry's horse, um, he was he obviously came down in, in, in the race as well. But they went fairly hard down the back, didn't they? Um, I think the thing was also, you know... Again, for three-mile chase, like... Go on. Again, on this, you know, I looked at the, I've looked at that last fence several times, and I'm thinking, you can't afford to make a mistake like that even got any sort of pressure on you um andrew have your say on this yeah uh, i'll i'll be back in mylen in this um look i know he's fallen um fair enough but i, I thought monkfish blotted his copybook just as much in the rsa you can say what you want about the two tizard horses but they're still running around daintree uh tailed off by enchantry house so like it's not exactly like it was great form in the book um, and just uh, I was just concerned with Monkfish I, I was the same as Davey after the Dublin Racing Festival I thought he was an absolute machine but he didn't quite look the same himself at, at Cheltenham uh, the, the vibes from Henry's are that Envoilen is now a lot more straightforward well not straightforward but you know he has settled in a lot more I think it's a complete myth these people coming up with this, you know, that three miles won't suit him. You know, I think it's, like this is what he's bred to do. He's a point-to-point -point winner, and he, he's been bred and bought to be a Gold Cup horse. This is this is the the situation we wanted. 
And I don't want to brand us, you know, one of the races of the season because it seems every time everyone says that, you know, somebody tips up at the second fence and you get a complete anti-climax. So I think for, for the good of racing, you just want these two horses to run to their merits. Uh, but I'll be back in Envoy then. I'm, I'm still, I'm, I'm keeping the faith with them. And uh, I'd love to see Barry's face when Envoy Len beats Monkfish. So there you have it. That's a really marvellous day one of the Punchestown Festival. And remember, there are five days of it. So day one, full of absolutely wonderful racing. And day two is every bit as good. Let's start by thinking about the Gold Cup. Although Minella Indo, the Cheltenham Gold Cup hero, out with a bruised foot. So this has got W.P. Mullins probably written all over it in the eyes of most people. Um, but Album Photo has to exercise the ghost of Punchestown a bit. Of course, beaten by the ride that sent Ruby Walsh into retirement two years ago. And then there was the Paul Townend incident before that. And he finally come good. Ronan Groom. Yeah, he's, he's the right favourite now, Mike. He's uh, obviously is a double Gold Cup winner and... There's nothing wrong with those runs that you said you probably would have won if he didn't run out that year famously. Um, and he was against uh, Finian's Oscar, I think. Um, and finishing second to Kenboy in that race two seasons ago, which is actually the last renewal of this race, that was an excellent run. The two of them came miles clear of anything else. And Kenboy was in brilliant form and won really well at, at Aintree before that. Um, so he's the right favourite, um, Mike. I, I think Manel Endo obviously coming out is a shame. But it's it's an excellent race, and the horse I mentioned, Kenboy, is interesting. I mean, the, the, I think if you draw a line through the Gold Cup, and I think you can to an extent because Cheltenham has never really appealed as the type of track that would suit him. He, I think, he needs kind of good to yield and ground, which you'll get here, and a, a track like Pontchartrain where he can go off in front, and I can see that he he probably will get get that kind of leeway here in a, in a smaller field and with no other obvious real front runner Clandes Oboe could be up there but I think don't think anyone's going to try and go with Kenboy I can just see him running much better it's a bit of a shame I think that Melendo's come out because I was I was happy enough to take him on to be honest and then now obviously the prices have all cut in a bit um, so Kenboy is my kind of first hope but I'm not sure if I'm going to back him yet and I just want to give a, a, a good mention to Clandes Oboe who I've always been a good fan of and you know, people will crab the form of, of entry the last day, but I thought he was electric there. He's 26 length winner on the day. I think the cheap pieces were, could be the key to him, really. Um, I've already backed him for the, the King George next year. I think that's an excellent bet. I think you can still get 8-1 to one about him for the King George race. He's won twice already. Uh, he's a real specialist type of horse, and that, that'll be his race next season. But I think he can run well here. Um, but Kenboy is my way in I'm um, hoping for a bit of a better price than he is now I can see the, the market's just about reformed and uh, probably a bit short now considering he was well well ahead the last day but um, I thought he was brilliant at Leopardstown before before that and uh, he'd be my way into the race Andrew Yeah well it's just, I'm the same as Ronan in terms of I was going to take on Manella Indo just in terms of he, he'd had a hard enough season Um Everyone will know I'm, I'm a massive album photo fan. You know, now he's 13 to 8 or something like that. I'd much, I would have much preferred taking the 3 to 1 that was available with Manel Endo in the race. Uh, he's a little bit short, but look, he's been trained with three races in mind all year. And this is the third of the three. Uh, I thought he ran a perfectly respectable race in the Gold Cup against two improving horses. 
Uh, he doesn't have to face any of them before any of them again. Kenboy's just a horse I can't get right. Anytime I back him, he doesn't win. Anytime I take him on, he does win. So um, he's no good to me, I'm afraid. Clandes Oboe, a horse I do like a lot. And I'd echo exactly what Ronan said. People will throw that entry form in the bin, but he still won the race by 20, 25 lengths. Um, so he'd probably be my... The, the big danger I'd see to Album Photo, uh, Fakir Duderiz is now running the Ryanair and the Melling in quick succession. So might be one too many for him. And also there's, there's potential stamina doubt. So Album Photo, hopefully to, to to get a bit of justice back for, for his third in the Gold Cup. But uh, Clando's Oboe would be a, a big danger. I just remember Paul Nichols has done this twice. He won it twice with, with Neptune Collange. So he, he knows uh, what it takes to win a punchy stone Gold Cup. Um, but you in the album photo camp, Davey? Uh, no, um, I'd be with Ronan and Kenboy. Um, just I, I completely agree with everything Ronan said. Kenboy just doesn't seem to like Cheltenham. Um, the run in Leopardstown was very good. And then he was second before that to Absolute Tard as well, which was a very good run. And sure, we've seen what he did in the Gold Cup. Um, Kenboy, of course, gave Ruby Walsh the the great goodbye to his uh, jockey career winning this race and um, he'd be one for me the track just suits him um, Album Photo just uh, um, I don't know I don't know there's just something just something seemed to be missing with him in the Gold Cup for me um, I know the, the winner and the second were very good but I don't know uh, something missing there but uh, Nicholas Horse Clan de Sobo uh, suited by going right-handed and this sort of track would suit him and he was good in entry uh, apart that he bet nothing but um, uh, it'd be Ken Boy for me and like the lad said maybe Clan de Sobo giving him all he wants of it and let's not forget of course Danny Mullins has already won a grade one on Ken Boy um, this year uh, Barry yeah it's a, it's a race isn't it Ken Tropa and I'd surprise um over the years. Yeah, Tar Fakir Duderi was very interesting when he stepped up the three miles at uh, at Christmas. Um, he pulled up that day. Um, but all he's done since uh, second to, to Shaq and um was a much improved effort. Um, second to Alaho, um, and then goes and does what he what he did at entry um over two and a half miles. I think back up at the three miles again. I get he's it's very hard to do it, isn't it? Um, you know, r- run at Cheltenham. Um, run at uh, entry and then come on to point just down but I just think he's definitely um, going in the right direction he's only six and he had 11 runs over fences and um, up to three miles I'd be with him uh, for the value at seven to one so that's off at 5.25 on Wednesday so after the Gold Cup comes the champion bumper a small field a bit like the Cheltenham one interesting that, that again we're we're slightly short on numbers, but it's again, it's a rematch between the Mullins pair, Sir Gerhardt and Kilcrute. This time, Patrick on Sir Gerhardt and Kilcrute has Derek O'Connor on board. And uh, the question has to be, is there any reason why the Cheltenham form will be reversed? Davy Boland. Oh, that's a great race. Um, very intriguing. Um, Patrick would have rode Kilcrute in Cheltenham had amateurs been allowed rides. Um, so it's interesting. It's very, very interesting. Uh, Derek on Kilcrute as well. Um, again, it's kind of like Monkfish and Envoy Allen. Uh, it's going to be a very tactical affair. 
what will go on. Um, Sir Gerhard just looks the real deal, doesn't he? Um, he was very impressive. I think Rachel kind of got a small bit of a freebie, though, in front on him. Um, I'm surprised that Paul didn't get to her a little bit sooner. And um, But, uh, yeah, just, it, was, it was interesting. I just wonder if he could go back and ride that again, would he have done things differently and left her alone? Um, on homework, I remember asking Patrick Mullins in Fairy House on Easter Monday, which he was going to ride, and he said it would all be a very late call down to work. So obviously, Sir Gerhard has shown good stuff at home. Um, but then again, it'd be hard not to ride him, um, seeing as he's beaten Kilcrute in Cheltenham. Um, put my head in the block, which one? We go with Sir Gerhard. But you know what? Uh, for an eight way bet, because there's eight runners, uh, Mick Halford's horse, Jamie Codderides, 40 to 1. Um, it won its bumper here last year and it ran the stole back in September and hasn't ran since. And Mick obviously wouldn't be one for bumpers or for National Hunt horses anymore, but um, it probably didn't beat a whole lot. But um, I think the way this horse races and coming from a flat yard as well, and Jamie will probably ride him very patiently and take a lead and stalk the lads up the front. I'd say this horse could run into, into that third place before behind Sir Gerhard and Kilcrooch who I'd say will will fight out first and second. I was going to suggest as well, it's interesting that they're, they're persevering with Eric Bloodax who beat mm. Fernie Hollow on his first start in a bumper last year. It's a question of long time, no see. Something they never say about Ronan Groom. <laughs> Don't give Ronan uh, Groom the bumper anyway. Yeah, oh, I, I, was, I was just going to say I'm not going to be having a bet in this race, but I still... Still watch it. It's uh, it's fascinating, I guess, with Sir Gerhard and, and Kilcrew taking each other again. Again, I think the overwhelming feeling after the champion bumper was that Sir Gerhard had got maximised his chance by Rachel Blackburn's ride, and Kilcrew maybe maybe could have got a better ride up Paul Town, and maybe could have been a bit closer to her. I think got a bit of a freebie in front and kicked off off the bend and got first run, and Kilcrew couldn't catch him. So I think uh, Derek Connor will be alive to that sort of thing happening again. Uh, whether Sir Gerhard gets gets to gets his own way in front of another thing as well. So uh, I can see it'll be interesting. It'll be fascinating to run. I'm not going to have a bet, but uh, just a fascinating runner as well as the one at the bottom there, Lake Winna Poos. I I can't even say it. Lake Winna Poosaki, who um, ran out at Leopardstown when he was running really well uh, for the Fahis. Uh, that race worked out really well. Uh, he's only 10 to 1 here which is interesting as well so um, yeah fascinating race uh, won't be a bet race for me but looking forward to watching it Andrew yeah I think uh, Sir Gerard will uh, confirm the form I think he did it like I know some people will say he got a freebie but he, he did it the hard way it's a long old straight at Cheltenham and Rachel kicked plenty soon enough um, for for a young enough horse that you know it's a it's a long way home from from the bottom of the hill and I thought he did it very well and I think if you ran the race again I think he'd win it again. Um, the one I'm quite interested in a little bit like what the guys are doing with uh, trying to find one to maybe come into third is actually the Crawford horse O'Toole. Uh, I'm a, I'm a massive fan of these Crawford horses that go over to Northern England. It's interesting that Manier and Swade are putting a bit of money into that yard. Uh, he certainly knows the time of day. And this horse looked very impressive. Uh, I know it wasn't a, maybe a brilliant bumper at Ferry House, but he couldn't have won it any easier under Jordan Gainford. And this horse may be uh, a, a bit above the average uh, that would be in the yard there. So yeah, I think he's 25 to 1. I'll play him each way. But I think Sir Gerhard will uh, keep the 
confirm the placings from Cheltenham. Yeah, he was 25 to 1 the day he won at Fairy House. It just makes you wonder, knowing the connections, if uh, it surprised them as well what happened that day. Barry? Just imagine Andrew Blair White now on, on, on Twitter if a tool goes in or a tool is some tool of a horse. Uh, Sir Gerhard's a, a tank. Uh, yeah, lots of people were saying that, you know, the, the you got Rachel got a bit of a free lead and plenty of criticism for town and on Kilcroft. Uh, I just think Sir Gerhard, God, what, what, what race does he go for next year at Cheltenham? Because this thing is a, is a, he's a machine. Um, show you thinking of chilling them next year already? Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> um, no, just the way he came down the hill, the way, the way he quickened up off the bend, showed some turn of foot now. Um, but Eric Bloodaxe is the one that uh, I can't wait to see. Um, I was actually at Fairy House today. He bet uh, Fernie Hollow, backed him that day um, on debut, and uh, we've only he's only had three runs. And he was, he's been in the tracker, so I cannot wait to see him run. I think he was entered. Um, he was entered already this season. So I'm not sure, David, you might be able to tell us what the issue was with him. But uh, he's a gorgeous looking horse. Uh, looking forward to seeing him back on the track. And of course, an old flame Ramillies is in there as well. But look, Sir Gerhard is going to go win, but I can't wait to see Eric Bloodax as well. Yeah, it's 14 months and it was a Dublin Racing Festival bumper when he finished nearer worse than first the last time we saw him. Last time you talked about Charlton and this far ahead, it was a horse called Inusiamine and it never made it to the track at the festival. Jesus. But no, no, we'll, no we don't want Barry Inusiamine Doyle for nothing. More on that in a moment. But let's um, really make him sing for his supper as we look at this um, seven o'clock on day two, which is the Guinness Handicap Chase. And you'll certainly be entitled to a pint of the sponsor's produce if you can work this out. Um, this has got Nightmare written all over it. Bookies Bonanza 24. Umpteen in the JP Colours. There's a British Raider in there in Black Op. Chosen Mate Blinkered for the first time. Uh, now has joined top weight with Royal Rendezvous. One of the uh, umpteen in the race for Willie Mullins. This is a typical big festival handicap. Uh, who do I think should have first innings on that so we can cross a few out? Um, Ronan, you were good enough to speak about the bumper, so come on, this is your home territory, away you go. Yeah, this is the opposite to me, I don't think it's a nightmare at all, I think these are the dream races, these are the races you can have a bet in, and the great ones are all... But surely, Ed, whatever you think will win, there's 23 reasons you're on the wrong one, away you go. <laughs> you're probably right. Uh, yeah, look, uh, the one I, I'm most interested in is Tatsy for uh, Team Collinger, Denise Foster, I think there's a this horse was uh, a real talking horse in bumpers and last season when he went hurdling, he was he was talked up. He was well-backed his first two starts. He ran into latest exhibition on the second start at Galway and then he beat a horse called Antukas at Navin in a maiden hurdle when he went up to two and a half miles, which I think is is, is the interesting angle into him into this race. It obviously hasn't happened for him since that. He ran quite well in the in the county hurdle actually in Saint, behind St. Raw. Um but over fences this season hasn't really happened. Running on heavy ground, fourth against Colrevia Punchestown earlier on, uh, and just well beaten by horses at Fairy House then. But I thought he ran okay the last day at Fairy House on better ground. He was fourth to Star Max there. And I'm coming up and trip now to the two and a half miles on decent ground off a of mark of 129, which is about five or six pounds shorter than his hurdles rating lightly race seven-year-old i thought there was enough reasons to 
to take a chance on him that he he could have a bit in hand if things click for him. Yeah, obviously I'm I'm if buts and maybe's there. I'm looking at the ground and I'm looking at the trip, and I'm looking at the early potential that uh, there is, and there there is a lot of belief in this horse. But I think if things clicked for him, he he'd be he'd be he sticks out more than the a lot of horses in this race that are you know well kind of exposed. Uh, like live love laugh is up twelve pounds basically from his Irish mark for his, his good win. Um, likes the chosen mate, the West's awake, Snugsborough Hall. They're all you know a lot about them, I suppose, and they're older horses. And he's a younger horse. He's seven year old. He only had a few starts over fences. So if things stick for him, Tatsy is the one for me, Mike. When did you last win the lottery, Andrew? Uh, unfortunately, a long time ago, Mike. Uh, I'm, I'll play two in here near enough the bottom of the weights. Uh, one being Arthur Moore's horse. Cross my mind. I thought he ran a, a decent enough race uh, in, in eighth in, in that handicap chase at the Dublin Racing Festival, which couldn't have worked out better. Um, the Off You Go, Manila Times, Farkless, Live Love Laugh, all of them were in there. Uh, he shaped very well that day. A bit of nicer ground, I think, might seem to good effect. And one that's certainly not for the faint-hearted, uh, and I could be completely running off a cliff with this horse, but I've had it in my mind for a while that there's a big handicap in Foxy Jack's of Mouse Morris and he's been running in these three mile handicap chases and travelling into them superbly and then hitting a wall two or three furlongs out and so interesting to see him dropped in trip he did win over two and a half miles on good ground at the start of the season he's a, a horse that has more ability than a horse of 128 would suggest uh, but I do stress he's not for the faint hearted but you'd probably get 33, 40 to 1 about him Good to see Jonathan Moore back as well. Obviously, we'll talk more about Jonathan in a moment, but uh, the unluckiest man in Cheltenham in my book. Um, Davey, um, the best of luck. Um, I have to disagree with you about Jonathan Moore being the most unlucky man at Cheltenham, but anyway, that's for another day. I wouldn't say Johnny will sleep too well on Tuesday night about riding Foxy Jacks because he's rotten. Um, Jay-Z's he's horrible. <laughs> he's plenty of ability, but I'm telling you, this horse is horrible. Sounds like the seen him in Nace. Um, I, I'm going to go for a, a, a bit of a, a bit of a mad one. Um, he's an 11 year old, but uh, Snow Falcon. Um, he'd been campaigning against some better horses. Um, he has plenty of weight there, and like I said, he, he he's a lot older than some of these. Um, he had a decent run in Fairy House on e- Easter Monday, yeah, and he was beaten seven and a half lengths by Easy Game. Um, it's not a bad run. Um, this sort of handicap as well would suit him. So, look, like you said, it's a very tough race. So, um, I'd ha- I'd have a bet on uh, Snow Falcon. He's always a consistent sort, and um, yeah, we'll go with him. Well, the bet of the day was about five minutes ago that you four would disagree on this race. So, come on, Barry, come to my rescue. Do you agree with Roland? Um, Datsy. Yeah, I like him. Um, Obviously, behind Starmax the last day, decent run. Uh, that was over a shorter trip, but he's, look, he's rated, what, seven pounds lower over fences than he is over hurdles. Um, he's always, he's only had, um, he's only had the 12, well, 12 starts, um, 12 starts on the track. So um, he still is lightly raced um, for a seven-year-old. And uh, I just think there's de- stepping back up in trip uh, though I'm not sure if the, gra- the good ground will be a problem for him. And I just think he's he's interesting down the bottom of the weights um, with uh, Luke Dempsey for Denise Foster. Yeah, that's he's interesting. 
Um, but I also wouldn't be surprised, and I think, Andrew, you were in the Dunvegan camp um, going to, to entry. Uh, tongue strap on for the first time, Brian Cooper um, riding for Pat Fahey. Does just this horse is just has he has to go in a handicap off off that mark soon enough? Um, not sure if he he fell he fell in love with the the entry fences um, last time, but I just have my eye on him as well. So to be done vegan and and but that's he would be my main selection um, in the Guinness handicap. Okay, on to day three, and of course now we don't actually have the final fields. We're looking at the five days rather than the final fields here. Uh, and obviously the Stayers Hurdle is the feature. And we have Flooring Porter, who benefited from a, a really good ride by Danny Mullins. It was a really terrific ride to, to get the horse home, following up his win at Leperstown. Does he win again, Barry? Let's hear from Gavin Cromwell. Delighted to be joined by Gavin Cromwell. You're very welcome on the Champ the podcast, Gavin. It's episode number 21 of the season. And of course, a busy week coming up at Punchestown. It's been another brilliant season, Gavin, uh, with over 50 winners again. Uh, two Cheltenham Festival winners. Uh, you can't complain. No, yeah, it's been great. Um, I suppose that the, the Cheltenham Festival winners were obviously the highlight. Um, and uh, I suppose we did the great one winner at Christmas as well. was fantastic. Yeah, what was your take on, on Cheltenham, I suppose, behind closed doors this year? A different, uh, different sort of an atmosphere, but it must have been an, ex- an exciting week, Gavin. Yeah, look, it's, it's, uh, it was totally different, but you still can't take away from, you know, the fact that it was, it was Cheltenham. Um, you know, look, there was no crowds for the, for the atmosphere, but um, it was still, you know, still some buzz to, to have a couple of winners there. Yeah, and I suppose we'll start with Vanillier, uh, winner of the Albert Bartlett. Uh, he's he's down because he's entered for for Punchestown for the Irish Mirror Race. Um, uh, were, were you surprised? I suppose how well he won at at Cheltenham, Gavin. He was he was pretty impressive. Yeah, um, I I I've, I fancied him for run a big race. Um, he was a huge price in the in the in the weeks leading up to the race, um, but he really started a spark. He kind of. You know, from from three weeks before Cheltenham, right up to Cheltenham, and he improved all the way. So, I, I fancied him to run a big race. Um, wouldn't have been shocked if he won, but I was shocked in the, in the manner that he won. Yeah, and he's three to one favourite now for the Irish Daily Mirror novice on Wednesday. Uh, how's he come out of Cheltenham, Gavin? Are you happy with him? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't missed a beat since, to be fair, and uh, he, he seems in great nick. Uh, so yeah, we're really looking forward to him there. It looks uh, competitive renewal, of course. With a couple of uh, uh, Cheltenham winners entered in their gallop, and the Champs, of course, won the Martin Pipe. And tell me something, girl is in there as well. Um, but uh, yeah, it looks it looks competitive. Are you are you, are you hopeful of a uh, another crack and run? Yeah, look, it's 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 it's, it's definitely it's, of course it's going to be it's very competitive. But um, he's going there. He's, he's he's going there. I think in great nick, and. Um, you know, sure. I mean, the, the, his run at Cheltenham was 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 rock solid, and and if he get a repeat repeat performance, um, gives him a right chance. Given his scope now, and I suppose what he's achieved already, um, over hurdles, would you be expecting him now to make up to a in, into a top drawer chaser next year? Is that the plan? That yeah, well, like he he, he looks an out and out chaser. Um, he came from the point behind ranks, and and. Um, yeah, you'd be very hopeful that, that that he will he will make into a nice chaser. 
Yeah, and sticking with uh, staying hurdles, Gavin, and uh, the champion stayer, of course, Flooring Porter. Uh, Gavin, this fella, he's improved, I think, 43 pounds, I think I saw, uh, since winning a handicap at Goran last July. Uh, what, uh, what sort of magic do you work there in Ratfi? Oh, look, I don't know. I mean, the horse, um, he's a funny individual. He... he um, he wears a tongue tie not because he's wrong of his win but he, he's a, he, he, he's inclined to panic a little bit and, and um, just gasp a, a little bit for his for air just just finds it hard to relax in his race and since we started making a running with him um, he seems to settle away lovely and, and breeds properly and you know it's, it's just completely transformed him um, you know he clearly has a huge engine and um yeah, he's a young, young horse on, on hopefully um, on an upward curve. Is he a buzzy individual at home, Gavin? Or what sort of a character is he? No, he's not. He's not. He's, it's funny. He, um, we've, whenever we take him away for a gallop, he, he's he, he's a strange individual. He, he, he sort of half run away with you when you're trotting around the place. But once he once he sets off to do his bit of work, he, he's he's fine. Yeah, he's he's won two Grade Ones this season. Uh, the the good ground he has won a good ground in in the past. That shouldn't be an issue. Shouldn't be an issue. No, I can't see. Um, you know, he he won. Um, he won his, his first race and around some, around Bellystown in the middle of the summer. So um, it shouldn't be a problem. Do you think he's a bit better? Maybe on better ground. Um, I I couldn't say that. He, I mean, he's won heavier and around Avon and. I think, look, he's very versatile. He, he's not a massive big horse and he, he'd go on any ground, really. He was electric at Cheltenham, Gavin, and I suppose the performance was, was, was backed up on the clock as well. Um, it looks like you've a real superstar in your hands. Has it been, confir- has it been confirmed um, who's going to ride him uh, yet? Will it, will it be Danny or will it be Jonathan? Uh, no, John, Johnny Moore will be back on him. Uh, yeah, look, it was, it was very unfortunate that, that Johnny didn't ride him at Cheltenham, but um, Danny gave him a fantastic ride. Um, and and uh, we were very grateful of that but um, Johnny's back on board Brilliant stuff and I suppose others that are entered this week Gavin uh, Kaltar uh, he got off the mark at Ballon Robe for you guys um, he was visually impressive and he looks a nice prospect he's entered also this week Yeah I was delighted the way he he moved on, on the nicer ground um, he really pointed his toe and, and um, hopefully that'll bring about improvement in him and he's been he's he was chasing and and back over hurdles. He's had a couple of runs now. What's been the key to him? Yeah, I think I think the better ground really. Um, he, uh, he he was a hard horse to get a handle on, um, but look, that was definitely his, his best performance to date in Ballon Road the last day. And um, hopefully we have a we we have the key to him now and and uh, the bit of nicer nicer ground. Hopefully he keep improving. Hopefully he go close. Yeah, look, he's going to have to step up an awful lot to to win this race on on handicap, you know, on on handicap ratings. But um, sure, look at who knows. Yeah, five helmets and battle of Benburb. Uh, the boat winners last him out, Gavin. They're both entered on Thursday. Um, is the plan for both to run? Um, five helmets, I'd say, will will almost definitely run. Battle of Benburb, um, well, he's not certain. Um, yeah, five helmets. Look at he's won his last couple. Um, jumping was very, very sketchy early on, um, but jumped well the last day. And if he keeps, if he, if his jumping holds up, 
um, he's a nice horse and hopefully he'd have a chance Darber Star and the the lads in 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 Dromiskin County Loud now will will wouldn't forgive me I suppose if I if I didn't mention this one back over hurdles, um that's is it is it all guns blazing um I suppose to give uh, the champion hurdler rattle on Friday. It is it is look at it's a huge ask, um he, he's he, he clearly ran no race in in Cheltenham um I don't really know what happened um I I thought I I thought he was in great nick going there um. Didn't travel very well early on, and then um, and by Allen fell in front of him, and, and he sidestepped around him, and uh, I don't know did he get a bit of a fright, or but he, he never went at all after that. Um, so look at his jumping. The last couple of runs, his jumping had just wasn't wasn't good enough. Um, he wasn't having a quarter of his fences, and and um, so look, we decided to go back over hurdles, and and he worked he worked last Thursday now, and uh, we were happy. Very happy with the way he walked, and and uh, he's obviously done plenty of school and over hurdles since, and um, so we'll wait and see. But um, hopefully, um, back over hurdles will will bring a um, you know bring a bit a good run. Yeah, hopefully so. Um, Alpha Mix is one I wanted to mention to you, Gavin. I suppose I've been an admirer of this horse for for quite some time, and. Um, he's run a couple of uh, good race, solid races over fences this year. Is the plan to to run back over hurdles um, yeah, this week? He's he's probably not going to not going to run. Um, no, he's just um, yeah. We're, we're we're just going to skip this week. Yeah, is is um, has there been any issues with Alpha Mix or? Ah, look at it. Um, he's just just uh, just hasn't hasn't been working great. So we're we're just going to send him on a break. Okay, yeah, Gabby Nacko, um, he was one that, that came in for, for plenty of support um, in, in the Martin Pipe, um, was probably unfortunate, you were probably very disappointed that he fell. Yeah, well, you look at it, it's one of those ones you'll, we, we'll never know, but I was very happy with him going there, um, and then he, he went to Fairy House, and, and he travelled to Fairy House and arrived in Fairy House, um, Cripple Lame, he got, a, he got a bang in transit, and... Um, we couldn't run him, unfortunately, and uh, he was he was raised his rain about three or four days later. So um, it's just one of those things. So um, it'd be nice to get a little bit of, a little bit of luck with him. Yeah, I suppose the the farm with. Uh with Bob Bollinger behind Bob Bollinger at Nace now probably looks his his best form. So he you know he's 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 I suppose he's mixed it in graded company. Um, he only has one entry this week. I think it's on Saturday. Is the plan uh, to run? How's he been after the fall? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's he was fine after the fall, and and um, you know that um, when he went went to Ferry and had to get with John, um, he's been fine all fine all along. So um, ah, look, we're looking forward to running them, and, and hopefully, um, it'll be great if the lads got a bit of luck with us. Gavin Cromwell, pleasure having you on the Champ the podcast. I suppose before, well, we have to wish you best of luck, and hopefully the two graded winners back up for starters and. Um, hopefully you have a, a good bit of luck this week but yeah for, for Champ of the listeners I suppose um, best chance of a winner this week and maybe one to follow in, in one of the handicaps uh, look I suppose the, the, the two great ones are obviously um, they're the pressure horses and, and they're very exciting um, and hopefully they run a big race and we obviously love to see if they, see them get their head in front um, in one of the handicaps I would have said um, maybe five helmets clear around the jump and I think he's a nice horse yeah, he he's very good, Mike Flooring Porter, isn't he? Uh, what off was it? One hundred and twenty-two handicap at Gorham Park in July. Um, 
I can't I can't get over how much this horse has improved. But I think the do you know what the good ground, um, he's he like the good ground won't be an issue to him. He, he the, the pace angle in this race, he's it's hard to see who's going to dispute the 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 pace with him. Um, one at an interesting. One at an interesting uh, price is Classical Dream, isn't he? He's been off for 487 days. Um, if he were to, to rock up, um, just on class alone, uh, he'd, be, he'd be pretty interesting. I remember speaking to Desi Scal two years ago, going into Punchestown after Classical Dream had, had won at, uh, at Cheltenham. And Desi, Desi was saying that this is uh, the second coming of Christ, Classical Dream. But here he is rocking up. Um, after off a long absence of at a huge price, uh, interesting he runs, but Flooring Porter he's going to take the world to beat in my view, and the rest of them he's he has stepped up this season, um, and uh, nothing could lay a glove on him at Cheltenham, and I I think I think he'd be hard to beat, but Classical Dream at a big price uh, if he were to line up that could be interesting, and I mentioned for Paul Hennessy as well, heaven help us, um, looking forward to seeing her run as well. Uh, but Andrew will, probably, uh, Andrew will probably want to talk about Mrs. Milner now. Well, I was going to let Davey come in next. Let's um, give, let the, the great man have his say. I'm going, yeah. Um, Miss Milner, um, yeah, she runs anyway. Um, she she came out of Cheltenham very well. And yeah, this is where she goes. I think the thinking behind it was there's obviously the mayor's race then on Saturday. Um, now she, it, she she's getting the seven pound off the other horses, but obviously then she has to make up uh, five pound on heaven help us on her handicap mark. But um, I think it's good that the two of those mares are running on this, or probably three mares because uh, Manella Melody would probably run as well. So it's good to see those taking on these. But um, I don't think they'll beat um the top two. I got to be honest, I was very surprised at Florin Porter. I knocked him um, on, on this podcast before Cheltenham. Couldn't have him. Um, just thought he's, he, he doesn't help himself. But he was. He was given a very, very good ride by Danny Mullins. Um, but you know what? I'm not going to just jump ship and join him now. I was against him. And I'll stay against him. And I think Sir de Burley will turn the form this time. Um, I just think this track I know Sarda Burla has won around Cheltenham and everything and he's suited by there but I think this track might suit him just a little bit better to make up I know he has three and a half lengths to make up but I'll go with Sarda Burla and especially at that price as well he's uh, he's 9-2 compared to 15-8 to eight at Florent Porter Andrew Yeah uh, I was the same uh, I couldn't have had Flooring Porter and he's been a horse that's just con- consistently uh, proved me wrong all through the year um but again i'm not gonna i'm not gonna back him now at 15 to 8 especially given what he did at goran park in october where he veered markedly to his left in the home turn completely threw a race away against streets of doyen he does have a tendency to look left uh, in the closing stages so i'd be prepared to to give him up um yeah of course i'll have a few quid knocking around on mrs milner i always will do but uh no one of my perennial heartbreakers is in this race ronald pump um and i will be going to the well again on ronald pump and hoping for the best that one day he'll get his head in front in one of these big races uh you look at that happens grace form on, on face value it looks absolutely superb now um Got Beacon Edge in there as well. He wouldn't be without a chance. I'm just not sure whether he quite gets three miles. Ronald Pump, I think, stepping up to three miles will be exactly what he wants. 
he is a difficult horse to get to, to win races, especially at this level. He does have to be delivered quite late, but uh, he, he's got a, as good an each-way chance as many of these, and I'd be taking the favourite on going right-handed. And uh, Ronan, they've done a fair good demolition job on a few of these. Where are you here? Yeah, everything's been said really about Florian Porter. I, I think he's, he's in many ways he, he'll finish up as the stayer, staying hurdler of the season. Even if he did did get beat here, he's been excellent. His progression through the ranks. The right-handed thing is a slight concern, but I think you can you can equalise that with the fact that he, he he'll go out in front again and punches town will lends itself well to a front runner like him. So. Um, it's easy to see him winning. Uh, fifteen to eight, I'd be happy enough to, to let him go and win. Um, couldn't have Sire de Burley now. Uh, not a great record at the track, and uh, I, I just could yeah, I, I didn't really see his his place in the market. I thought he should have been a bit bigger. Beacon Edge has had a really long season. He's been on the go for ages. He started off way back in October. Could see things catching up with him. Ronald Pump, as as Andrew said, he he he'll be there thereabouts. I think he, I don't. I'm not phased by the fact he's been off the track for so long, uh, and his form looks all right now. Having finished second to Honeysuckle and Beacon Edge just behind them in the uh, Hatton's Grace, uh, the one I, I will be keeping an eye on if he definitely if he gets declared. We, he didn't actually we didn't actually know he's going to run in the stairs when we were doing our Cheltenham preview. That was Fury Road. This horse gets backed off the board every time he runs, which is a fair indication that they they obviously think a lot of him. Like he 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 obviously was thirty to eight favorite in the race flooring Porter one at, at Leperstown over Christmas. He was eleven to eight against Beacon Edge and Navin, and he was absolutely hammered all day in the stairs hurdle. Now he didn't go a yard there; he made a, a kind of got shunted into it at the start, oh, jumping one of the, the I think it was the second hurdle, uh, and it just didn't happen for him, but. Uh, I'm, I'm sure if, if there's been money from an each road this season, there seems to be a lot of belief in him. And maybe it's the good ground and three miles around Pontchastown. He's, he's, he's obviously a course winner that makes things click for him. But I'll be, he'll be the one to be keeping an eye out. I think he can get 10 to 1 as it is now. Uh, if he's declared, uh, definitely keep an eye on him in the market. But um, yeah, so that'd be my way into the race if I'm having a bet, Mike. Okay, so that is the big race on the third day. We also have the Ryan N of his chase which I suspect may well feature the shortest-priced favourite of the week. Um, we're not going to let Barry Doyle have this, are we, lads? I <laughs> um, mean, does he have to jump round to win? Um, Davey? Yeah, I'd imagine so, Mike. Um, seems a, uh, a simple enough task for him. Um, it's obviously unfortunate that we didn't see him in Chetlam and then he didn't go to um, Fairy House. Um uh, Willie's other horse, Janadil, was very impressive in um, Fairy House over 2-5 in the powers. But um, I just think over this trip over two miles, um, you'll you, need a big mistake or, or an accident um, for anything else. The, the other's embittered. Uh, he, he's not up to much. Captain Guinness is a hard problem. Um, no, none, none of the rest of them. Uh, Janadil will probably give him the most, um, but I, I, I don't think... Um, and Eric Amin will have any issues, so Barry will have a, a right day sitting at home with his probably one to three favour. <laughs> I was going to say, let me remind Barry as I bring him in on this one that the pub's closing in about two and a half hours. Yeah. Mm. Well, at least they do in the UK. Um, <laughs> does he simply have to jump around to win? Uh, yeah, he'll, he'll win, won't he? Um, Janet will actually um, 
Janadil was impressive the last day, but no, he won't get near an urge. I mean, I'd say back him for the Queen Mother now, there's probably still a bit of value out there. If you get a bit of soft ground at Cheltenham next year. Um, no, two miles. A lot of people are looking for an urge to step up and trip next year. Can't see why he would. He'd probably start off at two miles again. Um, but he wins this with his head in his chest. Well, he's very restrained, Mr. Doyle. Um, isn't he, Andrew? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's gotten into him now. Um, just because he didn't turf me off the, the end of Dunleary Pier, he's suddenly a reserve man. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it'd be a race I'll be having a drink in uh, rather than doing anything much with it. Um, that being said, a little bit like Envoy Len earlier in the year. I'll be the first on the phone to Barry Doyle if Captain Guinness goes and beats an Ergamine, which I've I've banged on about all year. He won't because he's an absolute head case of a horse, but I'll probably have a fiver on him and leave the race there. Because nobody salutes captains, do they? Um, they only salute generals like Groom. Um, again, Ronan, anything to add? The only reason Barry's not excited about this race is he, he didn't have any chance to back in Ergamine at a big price. So that, that's... He oh, can't I actually... Get rich. Well, no, hold on for a second. I just want to say I am excited to see him. I can't wait to see him. Um, obviously, it was disappointing, wasn't it, having about a big price for Cheltenham, but I love him. I love the way he jumps. He's an exceptional jumper. Very restrained, Mr. Doyle. Uh, have you backed him for the champion chase next year? Not yet, no. Okay. I might. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think his, his price is going to be too affected by this. I'm not sure it's a great race, and I think he'll probably win, Mike, so we can, we can kick on. Yeah, let's go to Friday. Um, because we obviously, Friday has really Rachel Blackmore Day written all over it, doesn't it? Um, with, let's mention, uh, Bob Ollinger set to go. Um, but the race we're going to concentrate on is the Paddy Power Champion. Heard all this business about a hundred thousand euro bonus if a Brit can um, come across and, and take the Irish in this race in their own backyard. Has at least got a few British runners in, but they've got one enormous obstacle in their way called Honeysuckle. And uh, Andrew, is she a good thing? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I'll be playing the same forecast I played at, at Cheltenham, uh, Honeysuckle to beat Sharjah. Uh, I see no reason to suggest why that couldn't happen again. Uh, I wouldn't mind Goshen running well, you know, just to, to see how good he is, you know, going right-handed. Um, but you, you couldn't be backing him with any type of confidence. Good to see Epitone coming over, but I think her... Limitations have been exposed this year. She's a very good mare, but not quite up to Honeysuckle's level. So I think Honeysuckle will win again. I can't see any reason why she won't. And I think Sharjah will win, or sorry, will run very well again in behind uh, on his favourite ground. What about you, uh, Mr. Groom? Yeah, I think she'll win. I think she'll win, Mike. Uh, Honeysuckle, she's uh, 11 out of 11, obviously. Uh, I, I mean, I guess when you're dealing with an odds-on shot, you can be picky enough and suggest that maybe this is the first time she's ran after a run at Cheltenham, and you know it's. But she only started in, in the Hatton's Grace hurdles. It's not like she's had a really long season, and she was head and shoulders above them at Cheltenham. So it's a it's a boring call um, to say she win. Not not no one's going to get rich back in a four to six shot, but I think she will. Um, and just to, out of the ones that could possibly. If you're doing a betting without or you want an each way angle or, 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 a, or a kind of forecast option, I, I thought Abracadabras might be the one to to chase her home. I thought he was he is the one I backed actually in, in the in the Chamber hurdle in the end. 
and obviously he didn't get get very far there, but he showed that entry that he could win, and it was, that was likable. I thought from a horse like him, who's been a bit reluctant when he hit the front before to to go on and, and see his effort through there was good, and I think this could end up being with the English runners kind of more or less declared with the hundred thousand bonus up. This could be a decent sized field, which would hopefully mean that it'd be a decent pace, and that's what. Abercadabras will need over two miles and he can kind of get a toe into the race and I could see him easily finish in second to so that would be my one-two. David Valent. I agree with everything Roland says, yeah. Um, that's the headline story. Boland agrees with everything. That's... <laughs> no, you know, um, it's yeah, great. I, 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 I do. Um, I think Abercadabras could chase her home. I, I, I don't think anything will beat her. She's just an amazing horse. Um, seven pound again, huge. Um, yeah, she was so impressive in Chetland. Um, I think Rachel Blackmore will ride a grade one double within that hour. Um, on Friday evening, she'll ride Honeysuckle and then Bob Bollinger. Agreed, Barry. Yeah, she was the performance of Cheltenham, I thought, Honeysuckle, uh, in the champion hurdle. Um, electric stuff, and she's been in. Um, she's been in the best form she's ever been this year. So, um, yeah, she's going to take an awful lot of beating again. I've kind of, I, I would agree with Roland. Also, Abacadabras, um, obviously, came down early at Cheltenham um, and the better ground as well. Like we saw, him, it was a good effort uh, when winning um, at entry in, in the entry hurdle. I was actually on him at entry. So, I, I don't know. I'd, I'd probably just, I wouldn't back her at that price. I'd probably back him each way at 10 to 1. Um, yeah, probably represents a bit of value, but imagine if Gaussian goes and wins now, crying out loud. Well, the four horsemen will give you their naps and next bests in a moment, but let's just look into the crystal ball and look to Saturday and look to the big final two um, grade ones. And I think we'll take these together, guys, um, because obviously we're, we're still a little bit in the dark as to what will or won't turn up. Um, Ronan Groom. Yeah, um, uh, so quick in the um, the, the champions of the four-year-olds race, uh, it's obviously going to be uh, Quilixios and uh, possibly Zana here again. Uh, I was very much in the Quilixios camp at Cheltenham, Mike. Um, I um, I just thought he did more on the track than Zana here. Um, and it seemed to be that the the vibe from Colin Trow was that Zana here was better, but I think he can always, when you you need to trust the form that you see. And, and I think Quilixios proved that at Cheltenham. I thought he was excellent. Um, the Mullins horse is interesting now because that was an excellent run for him to finish third hot on Kalur. Uh, so that'd be fascinating to see that, how that kind of runs out. But I'd, I'd, I'd still probably opt with Quilixios and I'll be uh, perfectly honest with you, Mike. I haven't had a great look at the, at the mayor's race. Uh, interesting to see the arena's back. Uh, possibly there and uh, Shark Hanlon's mare Sky Ace um, that'll be interesting right as well but I guess Concertista is, is the one that'll have to beat there um, so yeah not nothing great now so we're a bit, bit a bit of a way out but uh, Quilixios and Concertista pretty solid David what's caught your eye in these two races at this stage obviously we aren't we don't yet have the final field um I'm going to stick with what I said before the triumph. I'm going to stick with Zana here. Um, uh, I wouldn't say there was a whole lot that went to miss, but I definitely think he, he ran below par. Um, so I'm going to give him another chance again. I do think that 
Um, I know now um, they're they're not stable companions anymore, but they always thought that Zanahir was a better horse. Um, so I'll stick with my opinion as well that he is. And- Mr. Champ, I Barry Doyle. Palace Rock, 33 to 1 in the juvenile hurdle each way, Francis Casey. I think he's about three or four horses in training. Uh, yeah, I think it's a good each way chance. Uh, won a maiden hurdle. was actually won at Dundalk, actually, over a mile and four. Um, but I think this horse could be overpriced. It's a good winner at uh, Fairy House with Max Flamingo. Um, but I thought this horse, he was at Navin, uh, won a maiden hurdle um, back in March. And uh, it was travelling like a good thing. Uh, hit the last and was tough. But it was hands and heels the whole way uh, to the line. I think this horse could be uh, overpriced. Dennis O'Regan up uh, for Francis Casey um, in the four o'clock at Punchestown. It's actually a grade one. So it's a big step up. But I think 33 to 1, I think he'll run well. So that's say Francis Casey, is he better at television interviews than his dad? Oh, no, we won't go there, will we, Andrew? <laughs> no, we probably shouldn't. Uh, no, I'd be siding with Zana here. Um, thought he ran well below himself at, at Cheltenham. I think he might be a little bit sharper than Quilixios at Punchestown as well. I think Quilixios is a big stayer in the making. Zana here is probably a speedier horse. And... Mare's race I haven't had a massive look at, but probably will have a few quid on Stormy Ireland. I thought you did it quite well at Ferry House, actually. Uh, I quite like Mouse's horse, French Dynamite, who came second. She kept pulling out uh, the more he came at her. So um, good to see her back to, to winning ways, back at Willie Mullins. So I'd probably have a few quid on her at 6-1. to one. Well, we've talked about a lot of horses, but now it's time to turn all those horses into two from each of my learned friends. That's what it says here. Um, and get their naps and next best of the Punchestown Festival 2021. And how sad I am, I'm not on a plane bound for there, as we all should be, because it's a, a very special week and only 365 days to happen all over again. OK, let's start with you, Davy Boland. Nap and next best, please. Um, you know what? I'm going to go with my nap as Kenboy. I think um, I just... The course form, um, I, t- I yeah, I, I'm going to go with him as my nap. And my next best is a horse in the Land Rover bumper tomorrow um, called Non-Biding. He's a half-brother to Fernie Hollow for um, Denise Foster and Jamie Codd, um, a horse by Kalanisi. He's my and next of course, best. Jamie Codd needs the winners, doesn't he, in the battle with Patrick to be uh, champion amateur. Um, who's sure going to be champion tipster out of our lot? Um, Andrew Blaywhite, what are your two? Uh, yeah, well, my nap comes on Wednesday in the uh, auction final. Uh, Henry's horse, Heather Rocco, uh, on the ratings, has got a few pounds uh, in hand. Did it quite nicely the last day at Limerick. Uh, he has a bit of a quirk, uh, but he's plenty talented. And my next best. Uh, he'll have a few entries this week uh, in, in some of the low-grade handicaps, but a Gavin Cromwell horse called Five Helmets, who's off the mark 121. He's won his last two. Uh, his, his initial entry is the 340 on Thursday. If he, if he runs in that, it's an 85 to 125. Um, he'll win that because he's a very well-handicapped horse and he's getting better with every run. And uh, from Five Helmets to the man who's always got his tin helmet on, Ronan Groom. Um 
Uh, I'm going with uh, my nap. It runs on Wednesday in the uh, the Grade One, the three mile race, the uh, Irish Mirror and Novice Hurdle. Um, really, really, really like Gallop on the Champ. Um, he was probably the most impressive handicap winner at Cheltenham. Um, because I was on Langer Dan there, my eye was fixated towards him the whole way. He absolutely sliced through the field. He was five pounds well in officially raced like he was about twelve pounds well in. And Gallop on the Champ, you couldn't get near him. Uh, Sean O'Keefe from the front uh, and I'm really it, I think it's really interesting that he comes here uh, there have been two winners of the Martin Pipe have come to this race in the last five years uh, Kilotovic and Champagne Classic Kilotovic won off 135 and the Martin Pipe Champagne Classic was 138 uh, Gallop and the Champ was 142 and I think he's valued for a bit more as well uh, he takes on Vanillier, which is you know fair enough he was an excellent winner of the Albert Bartlett but I think his Gallop and the Champ is uh a real, real prospect, and coming up to this three-mile trip could 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 bring about further improvement. And uh, next best, I'll go for a bit of a price and go with Tatsy uh, on Wednesday as well in the big Guinness handicap chase. For the reasons I said earlier on, I just think he's unexposed, and if things fall right from him, things click from him, he could be very well handicapped off 129. And let the final words be with Barry Doyle, Mister Champ. Ie. Galloping the champs nap, ten to three, uh, best price available now over the three miles. Yeah, it's interesting that they come up in trip. I thought they might stay at, at in around the two mile, uh, two and a half mile, but um, three mile won't be a, a problem to this horse whatsoever. Um, and as Roland said, the best handicap winner without a doubt. Now I probably am biased because he got me out in the last, um, just before Blair White was crowned the anti post king. But galloping the champs, um, yeah, no, I, I, he's going to be a smashing chaser next year. Um, but uh, as Roland said, the the, the Martin Pipe winners. I have a good record in this race. I think he'd be very hard to beat. Uh, he's my nap of the week. And I will uh, put in Francis Casey's four-year-old on Saturday as my next best in the four o'clock. Uh, that's Palace Rock each way um, at 33 to one. Um, I think he's... he's good so that is that. it. And thank you very much to all the team uh, who have uh, wetted many hours, or at least so they tell me, in coming up with all these winners. Thanks to Roland Groom, Andrew Blair White, David Boland, and Barry Doyle of Champ.ie. We'll be back with you very soon with another podcast. Enjoy a very special Punchestown Festival.